Alrighty, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 488. We are recording live on October the 27th. Abriana, how are you? Big week. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm good. I'm a little crazy, but I'm good. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, it's, uh, it's getting a little colder. Uh, fall is definitely set in here in Canada. Um, so, uh, you know, we're kind of adjusting to that. Um, I, I will say, although I have no skin in the game, the, uh, the World Series has been really interesting to watch because it's been so back and forth. And, you know, um, I'm actually quite happy that uh, the Rays are hanging in there. We'll see if they can tie it up again tonight. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, th things are good. Things are good. We have a big launch at ground level uh, tomorrow, um, so on Wednesday. Uh, we're launching a national free contact tracing data collection tool for all businesses in the country uh, here in Canada. So excited about that, that we can do that and give back that way. So yeah, mm -hmm. good. Yeah, that's a big deal. Congratulations on that. Well, congratulations in a couple of days when it's out yeah. there, but yeah. congrats on all the hard work. I know it's gonna pay off. Yeah, you have some big news. I do. I have a, a big career change, which is crazy. Um, you know, I was with Digital Envoy and their different business units, Digital Element and Gather Lab for the last eight years. And that's a long time in this industry. So um, big change for me. Uh, I actually am starting a new role at Samsung uh, in the ads division. So I'll be joining their global product marketing team. I'm really excited. They seem like an awesome group and um, you know, I'm grateful, like all around, I'm super grateful to, uh, all of the growth and experiences and just awesome people I got to work with at Envoy and how it just grew me professionally and personally and, um, and put me in this industry. I mean, I wouldn't be here on this podcast had it not been for, for that opportunity probably. So, um, yeah, but I'm super excited about joining the Samsung ads team. So I'll be heading up mobile for the global product marketing and, you know, I'm sure it'll be full of new challenges. I'll be learning a lot. I will be surrounded by incredibly smart people, smarter people than myself that I can just learn from. And um, I don't know. So staying in the in the ad tech space, but uh, definitely venturing somewhere new. So I'm yeah. excited. There'll be a whole new experience, I'm sure. And uh, it even involves a, a move at some point uh, geographically as well for you. So that's... Yeah, so we'll be here in Atlanta for a little bit longer. And then at some point when things open up a little bit more, we will be making the move to um, New York as a city. So uh, I know we have lots of, you know, friends and listeners and LBMA members that are there. So I'm excited to see you guys more face to face when we can do that. But yep. So hit me up. Let me know. I need to, I need to know all the things about where to live, where to go. You got to uh, work on your accent, just, though. You got to get the New York. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be me. I, that's that's the way it's going to be. I don't think I really have much of any accent at this point. But um, yeah, I'm just going to be Abriana. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> there you go. Cool. Well, congrats. Uh, we're really happy for you. And uh, I know I know you'll uh, really be a, a big asset to the Samsung team. So there you go. All right, we've got four stories for y'all this week. Um, I'll let Aubrey. Speaking of accents. What's that? Yeah, y'all. Well, you know, I gotta get you know. I, it's cold <laughs> up here. I gotta, I gotta feel like I'm in the south, you know, or something. Anyways, 
Um, yeah, so we've okay. got four stories for uh, for you guys this week, and uh, I'll let Aubriana kick it off with uh, our first one, which is an interesting one. Uh, and uh, yeah, over to you. Yeah, I do find this really interesting because, you know, we talk all the time about giving consumers value for their data. Um, and this is exactly what Amazon is doing. And it's actually not super technical. It's a pretty easy and straightforward program that they're launching. So they're launching this invite only program. It's through the um, Amazon shopper panel and they can earn extra cash, 10 bucks a month. Um, what they're asking customers to do is whenever you shop somewhere besides any, any of the Amazon properties, including Whole Foods, that you just take a picture of your receipt and you upload it to them. Um, so they're using this obviously as like a research initiative. They want to, um, you know, figure out what are people buying? Are they researching on Amazon and then buying something somewhere else? Um, you know, what are the brands that they're interested in? And they can also earn extra cash by doing some different customer surveys. So, you know, they say that basically you can either get this $10 reward that can go towards Amazon purchases, or you can just donate it to the charity of your choice, which is really cool as well. Um, and then, you know, something else that they were saying is that they, you know, brands are looking to like third parties all the time and third party data to inform them and in their decisions about advertising, where they place that, what they place, when, why. Um, and you think about like some of the, the panel, the panel, you know, intelligence, data intelligence programs that are available, like you You've got Nielsen, you've got, um, they mentioned NPD. I mean, there's tons of them out there. You've got like Alliant and all of these, you know, different different propensity scoring and buying uh, data programs. And they're really important to these types of brands. So Amazon's sort of bringing all of this together. Um, it is an opt-in and invite-only program that Amazon's doing. And they're, uh, you know, saying, obviously, we may use the data that we gather to inform the selections that we provide or inform advertising choices for those who those brands who sell on the Amazon platform. So I think this is good. You know, what I think is good about this is that it's simple and straightforward. It's invite only. Obviously it's opt-in. Um, you know, they're saying they're gonna like mask out any compromising data that's there and and only keep the information that's pertinent to what they're, you know, studying here. And I think that it's setting the precedent for other people to be able to do the same and say, hey, we can offer you X amount of dollars for this is the data that we're looking for and here's how we're going to use it. It's a pretty straightforward thing. And I think that's what consumers want to see. Like, I'm happy to upload a few receipts when I shop other places, right? Like when I go to Target, what I buy, that's not a problem to me, you know, because obviously I want to receive better options and choices as well from everywhere that I shop. And it honestly makes it a little bit more competitive in terms of what I can buy and where. So I think that it's a win-win here. Yeah, I, I think this is obviously from an Amazon point of view, I think this is a, a great way to, you know, gain more insight into what, you know, the, the shopper, the consumer is already doing and what they're buying. And, you know, it's just yet another data point to, you know, improve the uh, algorithms and the, the targeting that Amazon has. So from that point of view, I think it's, it's a good move. Um, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, there are a lot of platforms out there that are these types of sort of cash back, upload your receipts, scan your receipts, get money back, you know, Rakuten ready up here. We have checkout 51 in Canada. Um, uh, you know, so there's a lot of these sort of, you know, uh, programs that are designed to kind of understand, you know, like they're really about data mining, right? At the end of the day, it's a small amount of money in exchange for, you know, understanding data. So 
I'd rather they, uh, you know, sort of, you know, take a different approach here, which is, you know, you know, know, they already know enough about us, right? Like, so why not just, you know, if they want to, you know, improve the targeting um, and improve their, uh, you know, their, their sort of uh, share of the wallet from the consumer, you know, I'd rather they just directly ask and, and say, hey, you know, well, you know, what are the brands, what are the products that you're interested in? Uh, and then deliver, you know, ads and products, you know, um, with a with a discount, you know, associated with that, you know, for for them, right? as opposed to, you know, scanning receipts and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, overall, I like it from a data point of view. I, I think it's um, it's a lot of noise in a crowded market of uh, cash back rewards types of uh, programs that consumers have uh, a lot of options on. So. I, well, I agree. But when I think about it from a business strategy standpoint, what I think you just said is actually the reason why they're doing it. So I would not, I don't think it would be far-fetched to say this is a dip in, like dipping their toe in the water for Amazon to see what is this as a viable business for us. And I could totally say, see them saying, okay, this program is working. We're getting the data that we need. We see the value that this data has. So we're going to go and acquire one of these other companies that has a technology platform already set up for this. And we're going to bring it in. And now we have more advertising features to offer to our advertisers. We have even more data than we've already had previously because we're getting this, you know, on a on a cadence that's a little bit less mechanical and less manual of just uploading receipts, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's the direction they could go. And I also think that the, the difference here is that when you have a platform that is based upon like loyalty and rewards, it's harder to have that user acquisition. Whereas here you have this platform like Amazon who has all the users in the world they can possibly imagine, you know, like they have already conquered the space. So they have the, the customer acquisition. So it's much easier for them to acquire another company who already does this and then just bake it into their platform. So I think that that's what I would be thinking of from a strategic standpoint yep. within the company. But and I agree that there's already, it's not new, but it is a better strategic approach because it's Amazon. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with that idea of kind of, you know, sort of, you know, understanding, testing, and then seeing kind of, you know, if there's a potential acquisition that makes sense for them to kind of really double down in, in, in this segment of the market. So, yeah. Maybe there that will be, maybe that will be a, a, a prediction. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, on to our second story now. Uh, kind of playing off of a trend we've been talking about for a little while here uh, on the show, which is kind of the, uh, the, the continued uh, investment and growth of voice uh, technologies. Um, Verizon uh, has uh, announced that they are going to uh, roll out a series of voice-activated uh, smart signs in their stores, in their in their physical stores. So these are wireless devices, and um, uh, you know Verizon stores where you can walk into and buy phones and and sign up for plans and so on. And so essentially, they've got these smart signage platforms, digital signage platforms uh, from Reflect Systems. Um, and uh, the media is, is uh, enabled through BrightSign. And essentially what they're doing is, is that they can create these experiences where essentially the signs are listening to, you know, for, for people to speak in the same way that, you know, your Alexa or Siri or whatever uh, listens to you. Um, and then can basically deliver the content uh, that you're looking for on the screen based on those voice prompts. 
So, you know, it's just a think of it as a visual display for Alexa search, you know, Alexa query results. Let's just call it that. Um, so I, I think this is, is, is good. I think it's interesting. I think for in a COVID pandemic uh, world that we live in, anything that we can do that doesn't involve touch, you know, or physical uh, interaction is a move in the right direction for retail. And so I think this is just a natural, easy progression for uh, for this type of business. And I think it's it's, it's a really, uh, you know, it speaks to kind of the, the way uh, our society has been evolving, right? Like we're more and more embracing these kinds of voice technologies, which we've talked about a lot on the show. Um, and I think just enabling that in physical retail is a, is a great way to sort of, you know, continue to have that. So it shouldn't just be at home or in your car, but, you know, everywhere you go to have that capability. So I, I really like this. I think it's a, it's a great um, use of, 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 of technology, which is actually quite mature now, um, and just deploying it in a very simple way in the, in the Verizon stores. Have you ever, you know, I mean, I'm sure you have, I feel like everybody has had those conversations like where you call customer service and it's an automated system. And then you're like, I want to, um, I have a question about my order or I'm having trouble with my service. And they're like, what? I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? And so, you know, you have those like troubleshooting where you're like representative, give me an associate. I can just see myself in the Verizon store, like screaming at one of these, uh, um, you know, digital screens but what I, i'm kidding because I, I but i could just see how it can be frustrating as well but what i can see this being really um helpful with is at least the last maybe five times i've walked into a verizon store because they're my carrier whenever i walk in there's always at least one or two people that are standing there asking for your name checking you in what are you there to do getting you on the list to make sure that somebody can give you the attention you need and i can see a digital sign taking care of that right so it's just easy you know and do you have somebody that's on a screen saying like, welcome to Verizon, what can I help you with today? Okay, what's your name? You know, and you just enter that information right there and it automates things and just keeps a process going. So I like this idea. And I also think this would be great in things like transportation. So, you know, you've got uh, huge subway systems and trains and you need help getting directions or, you are in Atlanta, you know, airport where it's huge and it gets confusing because there's multiple terminals and you have multiple languages. So being able to interact with a screen that can speak in lots of different languages um, and just provide you a quick answer without having to sort of like map things out on your own or open up an app, I think could be really beneficial um, for people of all ages. And I think that that's, it's very seamless. So I like that part of this and I'd like to see where else something like completely this completely agree with that. Like, I think there's so many places this kind of technology can be used. I think it's the challenge will be doing it in a right environment where you're like, you're not speaking to a screen and it's causing disruption for other people around you. You know what I mean? Um, like you know, in the library. <laughs> well, it's almost like, okay, it's like you're on a plane and doing a Zoom call, right? And everybody's like, you know, can you get off the phone kind of thing, right? Like, you know, so you sort of have to, um, you know, look for that balance, look for that, for it to be in a right environment that's sort of, you know, noise dampening enough or what have you that, you know, it's, it's sort of that focal uh, point is on, you know, the person asking the question and the screen responding. Like if you can use directional speakers and things like that, I think that becomes really, really uh, powerful. So yeah, I like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. 
Well, let's move over to some Java talk. Um, I love coffee. I, um, I, you know, I have decided I think I'm kind of a coffee snob, like not that I need expensive coffee, but I have a particular taste in coffee. Um, and I was having this conversation the other day, but this coffee story happens to be about uh, a pretty well-known brand and that's eight o'clock coffee. Um, and they decided to do this kind of fun campaign this, uh, and it has come to a close with numbers. So they started this in the summer and it was their own sort of, uh, you know, at home Java parties. And, um, they worked with, um, let me find the name of this company. They worked with, yes, thank you. Ripple street. So they worked with ripple street to do this campaign. And what it was is they like put together these fun boxes. They had a bunch of people apply to host their own home Java parties. They had about 6,200 consumers that applied, um, on ripplestreet.com to host their own barista house party. Now I'm not a barista. Like I drink my coffee black, no cream, no sugar. So I don't do a lot of fancy stuff, but the caveat is that if I'm going to have a Cuban coffee, like it needs to be like a legit Cuban coffee, steamed milk, lots of sugar. And I usually only get that like if I'm, you know, in Tampa or, or Miami or something. And I know that it's like a legit place. But what I think is really interesting, they put these little packages together. So they uh, sent out, let's see, um, you know, they it was all branded for eight o'clock coffee. They had a branded apron, disposable paper cups, coffee scoops, recipe cards for more than just coffee, but also um, like food to go along with it, kind of like a brunch. Um, and then they encourage people to take these pictures and, you know, sort of obviously publicize their at home house party. Um, so this was like be your own barista and they used the hashtag barista house party um, and their target audience was actually ShopRite drinkers. So North, uh, the Northeast, you know, has a lot of ShopRite locations. And so they were looking to target this demographic of, I think, 20, 25 to 40 year olds that are in that Northeast region have access to ShopRite where they obviously sell this coffee brand. Um, and so the campaign generated, I like these numbers, more than 44,000 social media comments and posts. Um, 12,000 product trials and 830 authentic product photos, 411 product reviews with an average of 4.8 out of five star rating. So I think what's great is that we always talk about like, what is the outcome or what is the purpose of a campaign? You know, sometimes it's brand awareness. Sometimes it's creating that emotional connection. Sometimes it's actually driving business. Um, and I think that this sort of attack, uh, attacked all of those a little bit. And I really like how they brought it home, you know, made it something fun that people could do. Everybody needs coffee because they, people drink coffee. Like that's not changing, right? That's something that's a staple. I would say even more now that people are like working from home and they're not, you know, going to the kitchen to get coffee at their office, right? Like they are making their own coffee throughout the day. And they're, it's, it's probably something that's actually maybe even gone up um, in terms of purchase from the store versus like the Starbucks and things like that. So I think this is a really fun campaign. I like that they brought it home and that they generated a lot of um, just organic content for, for the brand itself. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's very creative. I think the, um, you know, the fact that uh, in a difficult time, you know, this summer when we're all in lockdown, you know, um, you know, trying to find ways to uh, engage with people and have people you know, engage with the brand, I think is, is really interesting, right? And if you're not, you know, going out to stores, you're not going out to coffee shops, 
you know, physically, um, you know, why not bring bring the product to the people, so to speak? And, and so the, from that point of view, I think this is really great. And I think the fact that they put a lot of focus on, you know, you know, creating that brand experience in the home environment, creating a lot of social content uh, for the brand around it. Um, you know, I think it's um, it's a really great experience, you know, and I think any time you know, eight o'clock coffee obviously has done a great job here with these Java parties. But but I think anytime a uh, like a, a physical brand, whether you have stores or you're you know you're a, a more of a CPG that you know has product in stores, um, if you can kind of get into people's homes or connect with them in their neighborhoods or at a personal level, um, I think you know that's where you, you know you can you you can really hit a home run because. Um, you know, I think in some respects, there's there's not enough of that happening. Like, I wish like you'd see strong brand partnerships between things like Nextdoor, for example, and and you know brands like this. You know, where you're truly like in those community platforms, like localized. I you know I've told this story before, but I remember when Lowe's opened up a store in my neighborhood. Um, you know, they they went around. Uh, like in advance of the store opening, like the, I think it was like two weeks before or something like that. Uh, and they drove like Lowe's branded trucks around our neighborhoods and were handing out potted plants, um, you know, to every single door, dropping them off, you know, at every house with an inv invite to come to the store opening um, and things like that. And it's this idea of like, you know, bringing the brand to the people, connecting with people in your in the community that you're around. And I, I think it, it's really very well done. And I think, you know, like this to me is, you know, just a neat way to, to engage. And I think doing, you know, that connection between eight o'clock coffee and, you know, people in their homes, you know, it's not that people don't do this anyways. Like, you know, they're, they're sitting around having coffee with friends or having wine with friends or, or doing whatever with friends in their homes, but to do it in a branded fashion and have the brand sort of, you know, there in their home with them, I think is, is what's really cool about it. So I like that. All right, final story, and this is a, a really fun one as well that I came across this week. So uh, I'm not a big skier. I know our, our good buddy Karsten and, and you know, his, his uh, family are. Uh, so if he's listening, he'll probably appreciate this. Uh, but uh, the uh, mountain village near Telluride, uh, the ski, uh, ski village there, ski resort there, uh, is doing something very interesting this coming winter uh, to sort of embrace the uh, the COVID pan pandemic. So what they're doing is they're taking uh, twenty uh, old uh, dining car, uh, sorry, old um, gondolas that are out of service, and they're refurbishing them as dining cars. So they've set up like this area, uh, this plaza area, um, sort of like you know at the base of uh, one of the mountains, I guess. And uh, they've got a, a company that uh, is called uh, the Gondola Shop that does these uh, refurbishings normally as a regular business, where they take old gondola cars and refurbish them and turn them into saunas or, you know, um, you know, tree houses or whatever uh, you want them to be made into. They they do that, and uh, they've asked these guys to to refurbish twenty of these cars and turn them into dining cars, and so. You know, we all know that, you know, the, the struggles with, you know, capacity restrictions in restaurants and social distancing and all of that. But if you could go to Telluride and, you know, book a, uh, a dining car 
you know, that it's designed to be outdoors because it's a gondola. It's, it's made for, for the winter weather and being, you know, in, in, the, in the harsh climate. And you can have a beautiful sort of outdoor dining experience in your own car with your own family or your own group of people. Uh, they think they can get six to eight people in, in one of these things, you know, around a dining table. And it's all like, you know, nicely lit and, you know, sort of that, that cool experience. Um, and yeah, so, so I think this is, this is really interesting. I'm going to try and get, um, uh, you know, uh, some imagery uh, into the video about this, uh, this week as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they, you know, and the other thing I really like about it is, is so there, you, you basically book one of these things and then, um, you have, uh, you know, like they're doing it to try to like have a, a unique dining experience and, and keep some people employed and things like that um, with because they're at a 50% capacity restriction. But the other really cool thing about it that I like is, is that um, the, the food part of it is they're working with local restaurants as well. So you order and then they basically deliver from, you know, a local restaurant to then bring the food into this dining car. So like for me, that's really great too, because they're not just doing something to create an experience in their own environment and, and some revenue for their own uh, facility, but they're also supporting other local businesses and restaurants, um, you know, through this endeavor. So it's, it's, it's truly a community thing. And, and so I, I'm really, I really think it's, it's just well thought out, really creative, uh, you know, and just a neat way to, to do something different in a crazy time. I agree. I think this sounds like a great experience and something fun. Like I would like to go and do this with, you know, my family or maybe like, you know, another family, but just something that you can actually go and do and enjoy and being outdoors, but just something that's cool and different. Right. Um, and I love the repurposing. We've had so many of those stories this year, and it's just been great to see all the creativity around repurposing things. You know, we talked about, for example, the, um, the old, uh, dispensers they were like cigarette dispensers and vending machines you know and they made them into art dispensers and just like all the cool stuff that we've seen kind of the old is new and i like this story is as playing into that um and you know i also just like something that's kind of classic whether it's like you know a um what are those uh, great campers called the silver ones i'm losing my train of thought uh, but you know airstream. just like airstream yes airstreams thank you airstreams and and gondolas and the old like vw vans and you know all of these old like really cool things that just have an artistic uh beauty about them and just taking them and using them in different environments i mean i could even see them doing something like okay it's a camping cabin now you know or like whatever else they want to make it into at some point but yeah i love this yeah, I, th I think it's just, it's just a great idea, and I'll try and get some of the imagery uh, uh, into the uh, into the video because I just think it, it's such a neat um, way to kind of you know just do something totally different in a very cool environment. Like, you know, w when when you can't travel and you can't get on a plane and you can't go somewhere that you've been looking forward to going to, um, you know, this is something you can actually get to, and it's a, you know sort of a unique experience. So so I, I really like it that from that point of view. So that's it. That's our show for this week. Uh, you've been listening to episode number 488 of Location Weekly. We thank you for your time uh, and your attention. Uh, if you have story ideas, reach out to us. If you have feedback, we want to hear about that as well. Uh, of course, all of our social media contact information is available at the end of the show here. 
uh, or you can just find us. You know, we're easily found on, on all the channels. Um, and uh, once again, uh, congratulations to Abriana on her new, uh, her new gig at Samsung. Uh, we wish you all the best, and uh, we'll see you next week. You'll just be in a new place. So, well, you'll probably be in the same place, just doing something different. So I'll still be here. Yeah, but <laughs> you got it. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.